inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. By Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you on Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. They're located in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Online at sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Wolcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Telephone lines are open for your questions to Peter about gardening or comments that you have on the gardening season underway. Lines are open at 802-244-1777 or toll free 877-291-8255. And here is your host, Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joel. Good afternoon. <laughs> yes, good afternoon. Oh, we had almost six inches of snow up in Calais, so we got buried. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't get, well, we got, you know, snow in the air, but nothing on the ground in oh. Dallas Bay, but yep. uh, we turned, you know, right by Lake Champlain, and we... But coming in this morning, I'm just tooling right along. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I, and I come over the spine of the mountains, you know, yep. from uh, basically, you know, basically up the hill from uh, from Richmond. Yep. And it was a winter wonderland. A winter wonderland, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, word. I'll bet there were a lot of really beautiful pictures taken this morning. Yeah, that's for sure. Pictures of your little plants frozen solid it, it, out there. It, oh. That's right, yeah, yeah. Some well, cases, it, yeah. Uh, I'm, I sort of feel like this is an episode from Rod Sterling where, you know, this is the, the COVID-19 time warp. We're set back a month, you know, where uh, with six inches of snow in my house, I feel like I've lost a whole month already. Well, it was, thir- it was 34 degrees when I left. Um, yeah. Um, or when I first walked the dog this morning. Yeah. Like six o'clock, seven o'clock. And uh, all I did went out to do was check and make sure that those nice you know, uh, burgeoning leaves around the rhubarb were, were still okay. I don't know what 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 will freeze rhubarb. Leaves. No, rhubarb is pretty hard. Rhubarb, rhubarb and, and that sort of uh, was one of my themes from last show is uh, when it's cold, plant things that like the cold. Like, you know, rhubarb will come up. Uh, asparagus, not so much, but, you know, my spinach... The happiest could be under that snow, no problem whatsoever. The garlic is fine, you know, and those things are all coming up. Radishes are happy as could be, arugula is fine. Um, yeah, you know, so... Not, nice thing about spinach is that it, it seems to smile underneath the snow and everything. <laughs> but as See? soon as it hits like, you know, 80 degrees, yep. it goes from, yep. to, in my mind, it goes from seed to bolting. But yeah, you know? right, right, right. <laughs> Overnight. <laughs> well, my prediction is that we're going to be just like last year. It's going to go from winter to summer in you know in a week. <laughs> Next week it'll probably be ninety degrees, and we won't have, have any yeah any rain at all. And uh, you, you remember last year, my uh, my broccoli didn't head up at all until October. It just sort of turned turned so hot that that the broccoli said, "Forget it." I'm going to wait till school again and and never head it up until late in the fall. <laughs> well, we, we'll see what happens in my backyard. Things are very strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So besides, uh, well, 
you know, the, those are the things that, um, you know, plant your cold loving plants when it's cold. And, um, you know, rather than to struggle over trying to keep uh, hot loving, heat loving plants uh, uh, warm, uh, just just wait until uh, there's no more frost, you know. Well, let's find, let's uh, let's get our New York reporter on the line and oh. uh, find out what's happening, <laughs> you know, in, um, in New York State. Actually, our first caller today is Frank in crown point hey frank welcome aboard hey good morning good morning over here on the west coast of vermont (laughs) there you go the banana belt huh (laughs) that's right we had flurries and uh the the surfaces were white but we didn't get as bad off as the northeast kingdom thank god yeah yeah Oh, well, you know, the the poor man's manure, they call it snow this time of year, so I don't know. There must be something good about it. <laughs> I, I'd rather use the cow manure. Than yeah, the I'm with you. <laughs> I'll buy a bag. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So, Harry, my, uh, my dilemma, every year I tried to bit to grow carrots and turnips in, and, and I love having them grow to about or seven or eight inches in length, but every year they only come out one or two inches. Okay, one or two inches? How does it appear to be fluffy enough to allow them to grow deeper? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, there's a couple of things that, that uh, I like to do. I, I actually grow a whole four by four bed of carrots at one time. And uh, so that's like 256. I plant them every three inches, you know, both both uh, across and deep, you know. So it's um, okay. Each yeah. each square foot would have uh, 16, you know, 16 uh, 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 seeds, you know, 16 places where you seed. And as soon as I finish planting, um, I use a, a nice uh, germination mix right at the top, so it's in in nice fine soil. I water it really, really well, and then I have a this piece of plywood that's cut just to fit in the bed. I drop that plywood right on top of it, and then I put a a concrete block right on top of that, so it stays right up against the soil. And it seems to be the carrots really like to have a a dark consistently moist soil and um and you will see that after seven days you just leave it there for seven days you pick up that piece of plywood and if you just look really really close if you see one little little uh sprout coming up go ahead and take the plywood right off and it shouldn't once you start checking from day seven just keep checking every day until you see that first sprout so Frequently, they say that uh, carrots are very slow sprouting, so they recommend, you know, scattering in a few uh, radish seeds so you know where your rows are and, and, you know, that's that marks where the carrots are supposed to come up. Um, But I found that uh, by using that technique, uh, they sprout uh, really quickly and um, I, I get a good germination uh, f- from doing that. Now, if you don't want to do a whole four foot by four foot bed or you want to do it in a row, uh, just use a, a board to cover the whole thing. Uh, when I first discovered that is was um, I had planted a, a little row in one of my four foot beds and I had a I had to go away, and I thought, well, how am I going to keep that thing moist? And I thought, well, I'll just throw this board on it. You know, that'll that'll keep it uh, at least moist, drying out from the sun. And uh, sure enough, uh, I came back and looked under the board, and they were up and going, and it was it was great. So I've been using that technique right along. Well, that's, but, it, that's a uh, interesting technique. I did when I was doing them to keep short. There. You know, they're probably an inch, inch and a half inch around. Yeah. And I wondered if it was because the soil was backing down from the rain hitting it, or I didn't know if it was like sawdust or peat moss or something that I could mix in to try to soften up the soil. Well, for sure. Uh, You know, uh, when I talk about the perfect soil, that's a terrific germination mix, and it's certainly very good for carrots. That's the one thing that carrots really like is a deep uh, soil, so you want to use your um, your garden fork to fork the soil and loosen it up. Make sure it's been aerated. Um, if you if you don't have it, add some vermiculite, add some uh, um, uh, some peat moss to lighten up that soil. You know, the carrots really like really like that. The other thing you can do 
is uh, go ahead and use just a, a fine pointed hoe and sort of just rake it a little bit in between each row. So since they're only three inches apart, you know, it's not like you have a wide row. And what that does is uh, that um, uh, the hoe will actually break the, the roots and it uh, encourages the carrots to, to you know, f- uh, to grow down. And okay, well, good. That, the 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 other thing is you want to look at the variety of carrot that you're that you're trying to grow. Uh, there there are lots of varieties that are only supposed to be one inch, you know, they're the uh, deep and one inch around. And uh, I I never cared for those because they're really just as much work to take care of and plant as one that grows uh, seven or eight inches deep. So go ahead and you know make sure that you're using. Uh, I I favor uh, the Napoli. It's a it's an early. Um, and then uh, there's another one that starts with a C. What was the name of that? That just is is a fairly new carrot. Um, and uh, High Mowing has it. You can find it uh, from them. And then I, I get uh, the Bolero, which is uh, from Johnny's Seed. And uh, sometimes I plant just the seeds, and sometimes you can get them pelleted. And sort of, you know, from year to year, I sort of try out the pelleted ones and see if I like them. They're so much easier to plant because the carrot seeds are teeny, teeny, tiny. The other well, thing. Well, I must say that you probably have very good eyesight if you're able to get one seed every. Well, that's the that's the the other one more thing is that you want to make sure that um, when you're planting them, you don't plant more than say three, two or three seeds, you know, in 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 each hole. And when they do come up and they're established well enough, uh, go back in and thin them out because if there's two coming up together, that will stunt the growth and occur him to be small you know and so if you really want nice big carrots you want to go ahead and and what I do is I actually go out with my set of scissors um, and I'll just you know snip out all all but one of each each from each hole there so well, that's an interesting technique I've always tried to send them that's right. You yeah, you disturb them, and that's true even for even for something as hardy as radishes. You know, it's better to go ahead and use the scissors and clip them. Uh, if you happen to have long fingernails, you could just you know clip them with your fingernails too. That's the other thing. But when you pull them, you're going to disturb the root, and particularly at that stage. Yeah, um, you know, and that and uh, that. Um, you don't want to do it too too early, but you definitely want to make sure you you uh, cut out the competition between the, the the carrots so that you know again it encourages them to grow one long long root. Excellent, thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Give those give those things a try, and I think you'll you come up with some great carrots. I'd like to like to hear. Um, what are you using for a fertilizer or anything particular? I'm uh, just just basically very old uh, pasture soil from uh, horses and cows. Oh. Uh, like <laughs> okay. Well, lighten that soil up with a little peat moss and a little vermiculite and uh, you you probably will get a little better result. It'll be, you know, push down through. Thank you, Rick. Okay, Frank. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay. I've been looking at uh, carrots that begin with C. Well, I know carrots begin with C. I do remember <laughs> that from third grade or, or maybe maybe it was my senior year in college okay but anyway uh cosmic purple carrot i guess that's not the one but that looks great oh yeah uh, yeah but, uh, well though you know th- those are fun i mean th- they're sort of like your purple beans you know yep that's what i have a, a one whole one entire raised bed uh-huh. is full of purple beans yeah the granddaughters uh, you and, know of yeah. course they're green when they cook but they're they're fun to see when they're purple you they know change, it, yeah, yeah the yellow beans, they'll stay yellow, but the purple ones will be green when you cook them. And they have so, both pole and bush beans in the purple. <laughs> Your best flavor was with an orange carrot, though. I'll have to say I, I've tried the, the purple, and, you know, they taste like a carrot. Okay. I've tried the white ones. They taste like carrot. I've read uh, the one was what is it called atomic. It's it's more reddish, and uh, again they're okay, but it's more for looks than it is for flavor. 
Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily you know a a better tasting. Your your sweetest carrots will be your your um, early ones or the ones that you uh, grow later in the season that get frosted. Those would be the best uh, best flavor wise. The orange ones. You know, the white ones sometimes are turnips if you don't make your map <laughs> of your garden, as you recommend every program, and I never seem to, to fully do. Well, uh, yeah, you know, the map is great. And uh, matter of fact, I, I have a map right here. You can see. Can you see the oh, map? Yeah. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah, that's the upper garden right there. And, that, and my son and his girlfriend, Yana, are, are doing that one. And then this is the map for my garden right here. This is wow. uh, this is right there. Well, it's, uh, yeah, very very finely detailed. Yeah, it's it is, and uh, I don't always keep to uh, you know make it quite as. I happen to have a CAD program, so I use that. Oh, but my, this is how I do it generally. Is oh just my goodness, is yeah, that? just in my notebook. I just I I I draw uh, you know a, all a square. Little, all these little diagrams. It looks yeah. like the, it looks like you know. Like you know, you know, stuff, the secret notes of the Manhattan Project or something. <laughs> at, at any rate, uh, the Coupar, C U P A R, was the other carrot with a C. Was that what you were thinking about from Johnny Seeds? Oh, uh, it it's it, it reminds me of Godiva, except it it started with a C. And um, well, they only had two with C. That's Cosmic uh, Purple and. <laughs> Coupar. Coupar <laughs> ones look like regular carrots. <laughs> Bangor, Danvers, Del- Delceva with a D. Oh, yeah, that's the one right there. Del- okay. The Delceva. That's a, it's a new carrot that uh, people seem to really like, and uh, had, you know, it's been well recommended. We, we planted that early. And uh, I just keep, you know, I keep them, make sure they nice, stay nice and moist. And we put in uh, compost. And um, my my youngest son uh, built some new beds for my lower garden and then my middle son david uh did some uh, uh new boxes for the upper garden and uh that upper garden is real nice cuz we've just been planting cold clover up there for a couple of years just to to keep the garden space uh, planted you know and and uh so the, it should be really nice soil yeah, but he uh, he went up to one of our sponsors, PNR Lumber, and bought some rough cut. Um, and boy, <laughs> that that's a solid piece of wood, I'll tell you. It's really two inches. It's not like the inch and a half stud, studs that right, I used right. in the lower garden. But you know, it. Um, and I think he got uh, eight inch uh, rather than the six inch. So uh, those beds are are coming along very nice. Mm-hmm. We've planted some of them, and then we're just filling up some other ones. But the uh, as you say, the rhubarb is up and going. I swear, and I, I said to my wife, I said, you know, every time I look at that rhubarb, it looks like it's growing another four inches. It just, uh, it, it's almost ready to harvest some rhubarb. Wow. Yeah. Minor, minor. By, the leaves look like they're churning out of the ground, but there's no, <laughs> no stems yet. I can't, wait, I can't wait till the rhubarb comes up. I, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of strawberries that I've frozen, and I just, just put almost the same amount of rhubarb in the same amount of... Uh, uh, of strawberries and cook it up into a yeah. into a stew, which uh, mm. I call it my 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 rhubarb ca- mm. my rhubarb uh, strawberry compote. Mm-hmm. My, compote. My my daughter calls it my, my daddy's rhubarb compost. <laughs> compost. <laughs> which so. I don't know. I don't, no James Beard Award, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at the carrots in John in the um, in the high mowing. Yeah. They have a Yellowstone carrot I've never heard about. Yep. That's bright yellow. Bright just, yellow. Just yeah. Surprise on that one. Yeah. I, again, I, I mean, they're they're pretty, and oh boy, do they look nice, you know. But uh, flavor wise, they're really no different. Uh, I don't I don't find anything outstanding, you know, with uh, with them. But uh, they sure are pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to set a price limit whenever I look at a seed catalog. Go, oh, I'd love to see what this looks like, you know. And I could tell you story after story oh. about uh, what, 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 what's the spice that you put into um, salsa? Uh, uh, 
Cori- I mean, coriander or like a salsa, you mean? Uh... Well, some big green plant showed up, and it took about a third of what <laughs> my garden at one point. <laughs> I forget what it was. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I, but it was an ingredient in, in, in salsa, and uh, at any rate, it just overtook the garden. Yeah. So, yeah. It can do, things like that can do it, and I really needed, you know, at the best you know, you know, you know, maybe a pinch. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's the definition of a weed is a plant out of place. Yeah. You know, when uh, you, you, it's just like when I plant my dill, right? If if I let one of those plants go to seed, I have dill everywhere, and yeah. it becomes a weed. Yeah, my and, grandfather's garden had that. I yeah. loved it when I was a kid because when I was a little kid. They were uh, the 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 dill the uh, the. Uh, Unwelcome dill plants were as tall as I was, <laughs> and I just love the smell of the seeds. Oh, uh, cilantro is what you're thinking cilantro, of. Cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had okay. enough cilantro yeah. for all of Mexico. Yep. You yep. Know? And now if you let them grow and go to seed, that's coriander. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so uh, if you look at a package, it says, you know, from 40 days to 150 days. You know, usually it's, you know, you get a range of like 10 days or, or you know, your beets are a 55-day beet or a 40-day beet or, you know, uh, I get some spinaches that are 35-day spinaches. And, uh, but the, the, um, that has on it, uh, you know, 55 days to 105, because if you let them grow, you get the coriander seeds. And yeah, oh, that, 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 uh, that's exactly what it was. Well, yesterday, a friend of, of ours uh, called my wife and said that uh, we needed to get over and see his flower garden before it snowed. And uh, so we uh, we both stopped over after work, and so we were at his house, and we go around this uh, little outbuilding, and it was like entering the Valley of Shangri-La. It was so beautiful. He has this little slow, little slope, and he plants the whole thing in all these early spring flowers. And uh, I, I just, I, I was so shocked by all the beautiful colors that that were on display there. You know, there are purples and whites and shades of red and yellow, and of course, all the different greens that are starting to come up. And uh, it was, it's underneath, uh, you know, a bunch of trees, and he's got these stone pathways going through the garden. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I was just so surprised with such a study in contrast because we were walking from the sort of drab spring from the house, and we turned that corner. And it was like, oh, my God, it was just so beautiful. It was such a surprise, you know, walking walking from, from one world into another. And uh, so I want to thank my friend Rolf for, for that real treat. And it just makes you realize, again, you know, there are things that like to grow in the cold and do just fine in this weather. You, you know, if you, you study a little bit and, and uh, his garden has always been uh, fun to see. But this time of year was a, a real special treat. <laughs> so, Excellent, yeah. so that um, is one of the things I've, I've you know, been thinking about uh, f- this year, especially is uh, the, s- the various signs of spring, okay. you know, and how they relate to what you can plant. We have a caller on the line. Oh, that's great. A, that's a sign of spring <laughs> right there. And um, uh, good afternoon. Well, You're on with uh, Peter. Welcome. Hi there, it's just Nola. So it I don't just... really count as a caller. <laughs> Not really. Well, uh, you're welcome. I'm glad you called, Nola. What's up? What's up? Well, you know, you saw that beautiful garden yesterday. Mm, and you yeah. were... I, yeah. I guess I'll say that we awoke this morning to whiteness. Yeah, <laughs> us um, too. going down, but it was about four inches, I would say. Yep. And there was this little sort of feeling... Of oh, inside it'll go away that feeling. <laughs> and then I came out into the yard to walk to the greenhouse, and all these dots, all these dots in the snow. And I bent down; it was all the red maple buds. Oh yeah, and, you know sure, that's not sure. something you get to see all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a gift too. Yeah, so we'll see how they uh, fare. But um, I, I was checking in to see if you learned anything about grasshopper control well 
grasshopper control specifically in a greenhouse is is one of those things where you know there's a lots of different insecticides but we don't really want to use insecticides right right yeah so the the issue is where do they because they're not there in the winter right the, mm -hmm. but they're overwintering somewhere probably under the soil so the do way. you do you ever um uh, rototill your soil uh, uh, in indoors in there uh, i haven't done that in probably 15 years you might try that and unfortunately that would be more for uh you know after you're done uh, at the end of the season. At the end of the season, yeah. Okay. Uh, but the that's where you know that's where they're living and that's where they're coming from. Okay. Uh, so you, you that's one thing to try. The other thing, of course, is you, you know as you harvest a crop because you you know that's what you're doing all summer long, right? You're you're planting and harvesting all summer long. Okay. So at that point, as soon as you cut that, uh, uh, I don't know how much time in between you have, you know, between the one and the other um, uh, about 24 hours <laughs> no truly yeah no I I, 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 I hear you and I, I hear plant you. back on day Y and when I plant back and maybe this is wrong yeah I always put a combination of topsoil and composted cow manure uh -huh. with the emphasis on the topsoil and that's cow manure uh-huh yeah um, should I not be doing that? Well, you, you might try, uh, you know, uh, forking the soil or turning it over somehow or another, right? Because right. the little capsules are going to be in there at the top. And then and try, instead of doing that, using just a regular uh, organic fertilizer, just a regular, pow you know, powdered one like from Northern Organics there, the ProGrow, rather than the manure. Okay. Because you know, somewhere yeah. or another, those little critters, uh, the capsule, the the little you egg, know, capsules. egg capsules are, are are getting in, and so if you can, when you finish with your uh, your lettuces or your greens, you know, f turn that soil. I, I don't mean turn it over so much as to fork it, and aerate it, and then put the fertilizer on it, and uh, to give that a try. Now, I what I <laughs> what I couldn't tell. And I haven't figured out yet is whether they like an acidic soil or an alkaline soil. If there's uh -huh. is something we can do with a, a lime, or even uh, wood ashes. Um, I have good luck with wood ashes when I have uh, problems with the um, the uh, the broccoli maggots, the cabbage maggot. I see. And uh, so the wood ashes seems to work really well with that. I don't know if you if you heat with wood or if we you... We only heat with wood, and yes, we have a big, huge tin of it sitting yeah. on the deck. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of that, um, uh, the charcoal, you know, yeah. th that's left over. That's really good for your soil, too. So you... I think you might try that. It works so well with with those little uh, grubs that it it well, might hey, work well with those. I, I spent the morning digging up a bed on mm -hmm. the let's say the cosmopolitan grasshopper side of the greenhouse. <laughs> Seems it's where they always start, and so that's all dug up right now. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to the tub of ashes, mm -hmm. take some out, mix mm -hmm. it in before I plant anything else. Yeah, I, th I think that kind of uh, uh, just treatment of your soil as you go along through the season, and mm -hmm. then, you know, if you can, uh, at the end of the season when you're closing everything up, turn that soil and just leave it turned and go ahead and put your, um, I don't know if you use azomite or any of the rock powders or any of those things, but, uh, you know, using that. Okay. In your soils. Well, I'm willing to give it a try. Sure. Okay, here's your Robert Frost for today. It's very <laughs> short, and maybe where you all are, it's not appropriate, but it's appropriate here. <laughs> the way a crow shook down on me, the dust of snow from a hemlock tree has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part of a day I had rude. It's not really a dust of snow. It's more like a clod of snow. But... <laughs> It's as white as it needs to. It's whiter than it was on Christmas. My God. So, happy Mother's Day to all the motherly gardeners. Thank you. Yes. And we'll stay in touch. Yeah, oh, that's great. I have a feeling next week we'll, we'll be complaining about the heat. 
as I exactly I, I, I suspect it's going to go just like last year it's going to go from winter to summer with no spring in between uh, now so as I was driving into Montpelier you know I'm going from six inches of snow to my house and you know it's getting a little bit less and less and uh, again trying to to be observant of the signs of spring coming and, and trying to figure out timing uh, there I realized that the grass was green and it was coming up through that uh, that white white snow and it almost looked like green hair coming up uh, you know out of the earth it was it was so bright green and so pretty that yeah, no I hear you that was our trip down the mountain the other day we got into East Middlebury yeah ah leaves what are those leaves doing on the trees exactly <laughs> all yeah. the poplars were budding out so yeah yeah we'll be patient yeah we can be patient we'll get them when they're right to come yeah. Be well, both of you, and thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the the uh, verses, for sure. Mm, yeah, yeah. take All a right. walk in the snow. Bye-bye. All right, we'll talk to you later then. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, 244-1777-291-8255. The only uh, grasshopper remedy that comes to mind, that mm-hmm. uh, I don't know specifically, but um, a person I knew used... Um, a concentrated garlic solution. I think, mm. it, it, mm-hmm. I think one of the brands is Garlic Barrier, if I remember. Yeah. And um, but not specifically for grasshoppers, but no, none of the insects seem to like it. And after you spray it, uh, yeah, um, you know, you dilute it and spray it around, and uh, all your plant, the garlic smell disappears by the next day. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't uh, affect anything that you're growing, any leaf. Sure. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, that. But it, it, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, he, I remember him saying that it was good for grasshopper, but he was again, he was using it against all uh, insects that uh, might. Sure. To come yeah. Well, uh, you know, garlic is very high in sulfur. You know the. That's right. And you know the. Uh, those type of things generally tend to be insecticides and fungicides. You know, you'll see that. Uh, you know, it it doesn't surprise me. But uh, it sounds like a problem that's just going to take uh, um, some uh, pretty steady experimenting to see what you could do to to break the cycle that she's got going there. Yeah, something's going. I remember how my grandfather. I, I, well, all these stories of my youth, many, many years, like seventy years ago when uh-huh. I was just a kid. Yeah. Uh, are, are coming back. My grandfather hated the grasshoppers. And as a little kid, I loved them. I was, yeah, right. you know, hey, I was, Jiminy Cricket, I my man, gosh, I you know. Sneak up on the guy and he would just take right off, you know. <laughs> I remember as a kid, and I, we, we traveled with my dad for one of his business trips, and it was out to Iowa. We, we in Idaho, and, you know, through, through over the Rocky Mountains. And uh, when we got to Idaho, uh, that's big farm country there. And uh, they had this uh, old Jeep that they, you know, was sort of cut down and pretty simple. And we drove that through the fields. And it was literally like a wave of grasshoppers over the top of that Jeep. It it was, I have never seen so many grasshoppers in my entire life. And it was, it was quite the experience uh, driving through the, uh, through the the fields there. They talk about how much. uh, one uh, insect can eat. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of the locusts, the seven-year yeah. c- cicadas that that used to come around. Yep. And uh, you know, so if one guy can, you know, eat a, a head of lettuce, you know, mm-hmm. when the infestation occurs, <laughs> and I know it, you know, it produces uh, just you know devastating results in parts of the world where you know if the, if the crop doesn't grow, nobody eats. Hey, hey, you know, hey! Now wait a minute. We've had enough devastation well, here. Now <laughs> let's let's not go. For the the lo- the locust. That's all we need is a. a yeah, we've, we've already got something close to the bubonic plague. Yeah, right. You we know, don't need a locust infested. It's a biblical time. Well, know. I'll tell you that uh, our dog was so spooked by that snow last night that she w- she got. Uh, she started to whine and then sort of bark and and it was like one forty five. I couldn't believe it. So I got up, you know. I said, "What the heck do you want?" You, you know. Want to go out and play. Yeah, well, that's exactly what you wanted. I went out to that door. And I opened it, and she ran out there. She was like nothing uh, like chasing the the bunnies <laughs> in the snow. 
<laughs> we, we got another caller here. Oh, great, great. Hi, uh, you're on the air with Peter. Your first name in town? Hi, uh, my name's Holly, and I'm in Worcester. So hey, Holly. Far away. Oh, not very far away at all. Yeah. Um, so I have another pest question for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had an, a bit of an infestation of cucumber uh, beetles last Ooh, year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wasn't sure if there's anything I could or should be doing in the garden now. Well... Um, the the cucumber beetle, you know, will overwinter the larvae wise in the soil. Yeah. So you know, just using a you know a fork, uh, you know, just a hand fork to make sure you turn the soil, you know, and get that going. Uh, um, early on now, the soil can be worked now, right? It's it's yep. dried out and all the rest of it. So you want to do that. That's that's one thing. The other thing, and probably the most important, is to to rotate your crops. Don't don't put them in the same place they were last year. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I do that I have great luck with is I trellis all of my cukes. Oh, okay. And uh, on a I have a four foot trellis that I use. I, I you know all of my beds are four by four, and then on the north side of not every not every bed but most of my beds I have a trellis on the back side okay. and so in that four foot I actually plant eight cucumber plants so that's four square feet those same eight square eight eight cucumber plants would take about uh, between 27 and 30 square feet to plant the same on the ground and the the great thing about it is not only do you avoid things like the cucumber beetle but you also avoid things like uh the slugs that that like to yeah. climb around and you don't get that yellow side where the cukes is on the ground yeah. or, or even in straw if you have it you get that yellow side so and they and they're much easier to harvest because you know when you're looking for for the cuke in amongst the the big leaves you know um it's, it's really easy to miss one yeah. and uh, there's just enough uh, you can just rattle that that uh, trellis a little bit and you can see the the cucumbers sort of swinging around they 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 draw your eye right to them so it's it's makes it a whole lot easier to uh, to pick and plus you get to pick them standing up and uh, also you're less likely to have problems with the powdery mildew because they're not that close to the ground and they get some excellent excellent airflow so I haven't grown a cucumber on the ground in years and years. Good to know. I've uh, always thought of trying a trellis, and I just have never gotten to it. So I'm telling you, and the, the trellis that I use um, is a, a piece of half-inch conduit pipe. Okay. Uh, they come in 10-foot lengths, and uh, I have a pipe bender that, uh, you know, I, I bend them. I don't recommend going more than four foot because the half inch is really not that, not strong enough. Yeah. But you can do one of two things. You can either do like eight strings down, you know, and tie it at the bottom with a string across. Or I actually use uh, just regular, uh, that, um, that green vinyl fencing material. And I just cut it long enough so that I can crimp it about two inches on each side. And, you know, I'll do... Uh, uh, you know, either four foot or three foot, depending on how big my, uh, uh, how tall my trellis is now. Okay. Now, my, my trellises that, that I do um, with the, the bend, right, it, the top part just bends right over. Yeah. And then I use just one little coupling. So okay. recently, I actually added another two feet to that because, um, because uh, my, my, uh, uh, the sugar snap peas and my pole beans will grow a good eight feet yeah. up in the air. And your your cukes may not get quite that tall, but certainly your cherry tomatoes will get that tall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, that's an absolutely terrific way. Um, um, I'll see if I can get uh, get him to post something on the website, or if you want to, yeah. you can... You can, uh, if you send me an email to the to the TD Garden at AOL, um, I can send you a picture. That'd back. be great. Yeah, and and those are those work really really well, and and they're cheap. 
I mean, I've had mine, and this is no joke, I've had mine since 1981, 82. Some of those are over 30 years old. Perfect. 40 years old now. Yeah, I'm going to say 40. It's yeah. my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. happy birthday. When's your birthday? Oh, well, in July, but oh, 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 40 yeah. years ago. 40 years ago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy birthday. Uh, birthday. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, we have, is that say Marsha? Oh, Marsha. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, Peter. <laughs> how are you, Marsha? Fine, thank you. It's such a joy to hear the both of you on the show. <laughs> well, it's that's good. absolutely a, yeah. a joy, but especially this, this year. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad, Marcia. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, as thank as you, you can tell, we, we enjoy it, too. So <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's the, hap, hap, it's the happiest show on every week, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, it's also the fastest show. It, this hour goes by so quick that I can never believe it's over. All right. Well, I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if it's going to slow it down, but I'll ask it quick so you can get everybody going. That's fine, Marcia. Okay, I heard about at the end of last year Uh growing popcorn, and I was so excited because it's (laughs) the only corn that I can eat now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, And what I heard was that pests and birds that that go after regular corn don't like popcorn. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. And it's easy to poll- pollinate if if mm-hmm. if you grow it in a clump on a hill, yeah. it's better yeah. than growing it in a row. So it's easier and, and smaller. That's right. And and I'm all excited to find, find out how how to do it and I was wondering if the organic popcorn that I get from the co-op is good for seed. Well, that that's a good question. I actually don't know for sure because I'm not sure where that's growing, but um, I know uh, High Mowing Seed has some popcorn and Johnny's has popcorn and some of them they have that black popcorn and that yeah. makes a, a, a real nice tender popcorn that I like. Um, and, uh, but you're right. You want to grow that in a block and in my four foot bed, four by four, I can, you can do about 25, five, uh, five times five, you know, it's five across about eight inches apart. And there, you know, whereas regular corn grows much larger and needs a little more space, your, your popcorn is smaller, like a sweet corn. So, Yeah. I I don't know for sure about the the, but why not try it? If it sprouts, then then you're good, right? And if it's and, organic, um, there should be no nothing on it. Yeah, I'm wondering um, the place where I was thinking of putting it in had, grew Asian cucumbers and tom tom and tomatoes yep. last, sure. last year. Yep. So that's a good place. Oh, sure. Yep. Now, they're heavy feeders, so you want to make sure you, you give them enough fertilizer. You give them a little uh, handful of, uh, you know, just a, a regular general fertilizer or, uh, you know, uh, you can use pro-grow. a... Yeah, right, ProGrow. Or fish emulsion or something like that. That's great, Marsha. I, 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 I can't wait to hear about it in the fall. I want to hear how that goes. <laughs> I absolutely will call. I'm All just right. thrilled to, to to know, and it, it it's easier once again because it doesn't attract the same pests. So, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, have fun with it. Uh, that sounds like Thank a great. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're very you welcome. Have a Anytime. You're more than welcome. Wonderful and better week. (laughs) (laughs) You take care now. So we have another caller. Did you say Lawrence from Marshfield? Lawrence, how are you doing? Hey, Lawrence from Marshfield. There you go, Peter. Hello, Joel. We've been growing uh, sprouts with your method and your method. Oh, isn't that great? We, yeah, and it's great. We're loving it. uh, and the soil mix though we're using is is Carl Hammer's Ford V. And uh-huh, like yeah. That. But after uh, after we're done with it, we 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 take it and we just put it in a container. Now we have a container full of this stuff, 
I know you've said sometimes just put in a compost thing, but can yeah. we can we use it again? Yeah, you can. You can. You you may have to uh, sift the roots out, and you'll have to watch. If you have problems with uh, with mold, then you know that you can't. Um, so what I usually do is I'll keep a, a five-gallon bucket, and I'll just stuff those little soil cakes in in a five-gallon bucket out in the cold in my in my woodshed. And this is the process of uh, the freeze thaw, freeze thaw over the winter. You know that that really really kills everything that's in there, and and you get this just beautiful fine uh, soil. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm always looking for browns for my for the compost pile, so I'll use those soil cakes in there. And gee, if you're using that uh, Ford V, you couldn't ask for anything better. So that's that's uh, yeah. It that's just perfect. seems you know it's a lot of soil. I mean, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. we might be able to get one more run out of it. Oh sure, yeah, no no question about it. If um, if you if you uh, get a chance to get my book from the library, you can check it out. And there's a there's a section in there on how to recycle the the soil. One of the things you can do is just let them dry out completely, and once they get crispy dry, you know, then you just run them over a piece of hardware cloth and and uh, sift out the the root mass, and then it's pretty much usable right then and there. It's a uh, yeah, it's it that works real well. So. Um, yeah, we just had uh, uh, sunflower and buckwheat uh, salad last night, and that was deal. Oh, and peas, and peas. And uh, the yeah. night before, we had peas, and uh, my wife added that to some cauliflower that she cooked up, and just she chopped them up fine, and just at the very end, threw a big heap on on, on top, and they they don't take very long to cook, so. No, very quick. We usually just saute a little garlic and olive oil and then throw it in it. it they're just delicious. They they get they get pretty. It's a small amount compared to what you start with, but it's so delicious. It really yeah, is. Yep. Whatever we're eating, you know. And last yep. night it was broccoli, and I think there was radish and mustard mm-hmm. broccoli mix. For mm-hmm. you know, so so some are more spicy than others. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, you can't get better greens this time of year. Anyway. Absolutely, nothing is as fresh as those things. <laughs> and, and I always get that. <laughs> well, if yeah. if you can stomach dandelions, good for you. I have to give you high marks for that. <laughs> this time of year, they're not they're good. Yeah, you know they yeah. get a little bitter once. Once yeah, they, once they start they up. flower. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, very good for you, that's for sure. They yeah. sure are. Yeah. yeah. Okay, both of you have a good day. All right, you, thanks for calling, Lawrence. Take care now. And we've got another caller on. All right, so is that Dave from Warren? I do believe so. Let's Dave, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. This is terrific. So um, i, I got two things. I have a story about grasshoppers, which is oh, yeah. amazing. Um a bunch of us were out in North Dakota 30 years ago rounding up old windmills because we're yeah. the windmill. Sure, yeah. And we ran into a, a giant, giant farmer. guy was going to sell us an old windmill. And he had his, his name was Maurice Roman Schenkel, if you can believe it. Yeah. He told a story about the grasshoppers that came into North Dakota. They were so heavy that the, the trains couldn't run because the, 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 they'd be all over the rails. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, they would be get kind of slimy on there, wouldn't they? Yeah, the snowplow had to become up to take them <laughs> off the roads. Oh, oh, my God. They had, had to drive all the animals down to Kansas because <laughs> there's nothing the animals could eat. Nothing, nothing left to eat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and if you imagine this is going to. This thing could disappear. This will recycle at some strange time. Yeah, really. Here's my, here's my question. Yeah, uh, I, I have a. Uh, it's a simple little question, but I, I have a little area. Where I was coaching a high school golf team. I got a tiny sand trap that has about eight inches of sand in it. I want to, I want to try growing those gigantic pumpkins. Oh yeah, the size, of, the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> can, can, can I? Can I plant that in sand? 
Well, sure, you can start them in just about everything, but those giant pumpkins, they are, mm, let's see, they're like, uh, they're like sitting on an egg for the entire summer. More or less, you have to just constantly feed them and water them if you want a giant pumpkin. And I I went ahead and bought the giant pumpkin, you know, handbook. And after reading it, I thought, <laughs> well, you know, I'll be glad to have a pumpkin, just a regular old pumpkin. <laughs> and, you know, we always... Uh, We'll carve in the name of one of the kids into the into the little pumpkin, and it grows up, and it grows up with a name carved right into it, and heals all over, and that's kind of neat. But those giant pumpkins, those are there's no reason you can't do it. I mean, it, but you know, people feed them milk and they all kinds of manure tea and um, water every day. So I don't know, Dave. That. That's uh, you definitely want to. I think there's some online books you can read on it too. But you, you know, or go to the library and check out one of their giant pumpkin books and uh, get an education there because they they require constant feeding and constant watering, and then you'll get a giant pumpkin. And remember, a giant pumpkin can be as much as five, six, seven hundred pounds. I I've seen some of them. I couldn't. It's almost the size. Of- of a VW. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to move that at some point or else you're going to have to take an axe to it and and, and get, you know, put in the compost in pieces. <laughs> because... Roll it, roll it down the hill. Unless you have a forklift or, or a tractor to lift that thing, you know, you're, it's going to stay right where it is. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, so I I really enjoy the jack o' lanterns, you know, that are probably you know ten, twelve, maybe even fifteen inches around. Those are those are great, and they're fun to put on the porch in uh, you know in the fall with the you know they're they're very decorative, and some of them actually taste pretty good. You you can make a good pumpkin pie, but other than that, my wife insists on the on the the pie pumpkins. That's what she likes, and those are smaller by a long shot. There, well, jo- one you just mentioned that Jack Leonard, that particular seed yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if uh, for the jack lanterns, yes, high mowing and uh, Johnny's both have uh, great seeds. Matter of fact, I saw them at Agway, and I, and I believe that Blue Seal had jack lantern pumpkins too. So you could you could just get them local too, and uh, um, and. Uh, I don't know that Kate Farm has a Jack Lantern pumpkin. I, I can't remember. I know that I've gotten my pipe pumpkins there before. Uh, I have to. You could check online at katefarm.com too. Yeah, we have a pumpkin carving party every. <laughs> oh, do you really? Jeez. Oh, yeah, all the neighbors come up with. We do about thirty of them. Do Do you remember Ellie's Farm Market out there in Northfield? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, it wasn't that. That was always that was spectacular. For years, we would go out there and see the pumpkins. I know that was like watching the fireworks. It's yeah. so cool. It is. But yeah. you mentioned something. You mentioned something about carving something in the pumpkin when it's little. Yeah. A name, the name of my son, I, I, we carved it in there. Yeah, scratch it on with a knife. You know, yeah, scr- yeah. It doesn't have to be too big, you know, just, you know, maybe an eighth of an inch, quarter inch. And if you carve it right into the skin, it, it heals over, scars up, and it has the name in there. <laughs> so, so, I, so, so I could I could draw in a witch. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Then I'll grow up in, into my, my, my Halloween pumpkin. Yes, it would, yeah. <laughs> You guys are terrific. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We have uh, a Carol from Duxbury. Okay, let me. Okay, is Carol still with us? Oh, she'll be there in a second. Okay. Okay, Let me just take care of this. Bye bye, Dave. Oops. What did I do? Oh, I think. Wait a second. I think we do have Carol here. I was just going to say that um, one of the guys that I know 
that um, had been trying to grow big pumpkins. First of all, he had all his secret uh, recipes yep. and everything yep. uh, for what he put in his root water earth, okay? <laughs> and I actually had one of these, and it was fun to use, but I don't know if it helped anything. But he, he would stick this, uh, you know, it would be fixed at the end of this pump that he had, and he would, you know, stick it about eight inches into the ground and water from the bottom up along with his uh, secret ingredient. But he told me a story yeah. of a guy that had one that was like... Uh, upwards of 300 350 pounds yeah. and if you you know from morning to morning if you would just look at it be, before you left and came back you could actually see it grow on a day by day basis and one day uh, for this guy on one of his pumpkins he was out there and just as he approached it it exploded it oh. was growing oh. faster than the skin and the you know the meat of the of the pumpkin were able to Oh, that's too good. Isn't that something? Anyway, yeah. I, I think we have Carol here. Okay, Carol, how about you? You growing pumpkins? <laughs> uh, n- um, no, <laughs> I'm happy with the, the little ones. Okay. But um, I, I have a couple of things. One is I wanted to share with people that this is the perfect time to gather some of the greens from the common daisy. Oh, really? At, at this point, it's sweet and delicious and a wonderful addition to salads. Um, after a while, it, it gets stronger tasting. It's not such a treat. But now, when you um, recognize the little clump of daisy leaves, uh, put some in your mouth or in a salad. They're delicious. I've never tried that. That will definitely be on the lookout. Okay, but wonderful. remember to do it soon because... Uh, <laughs> Once the, the, you know, the flower mm-hmm. stalk mm-hmm. grows, um, it doesn't seem to be so sweet and S- delicious. Sort of like a dandelion in a way. Right, right. Uh, but I have two questions, sure. uh, Peter. I'm hoping you can help me with. One is, I have a terrible invasion of horsetail, mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. it's a valuable um, herb uh, because of the silica. It has mm-hmm. healing qu- qualities, but... I just, for me, it's a, a terrible weed. Mm-hmm. It's gone everywhere. I thought maybe I, I brought the problem in by using uh, wood chips for mm-hmm. paths in my garden. Yeah, I thought I might have maybe. acidified the soil. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Horsetail is is a great herb, and and like all weeds, it's just simply a plant out of place. Right. But I think that. Um, uh, a couple of things. Uh, uh, I think you're right on there. Is that you need to to sweeten up your soil a little bit. Um, I'll, and, and I'll work on that. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the dolomite uh, lime. You know, it's it's very easy to to get. It's pulverized and um, just use it according. You know, it's a. a I use a, a cup in a in a four foot by four foot bed. The other thing is, uh, are you are you using uh, permanent beds at all? Yeah, I've I've experimented with everything. You know, yeah? I've, I've tried sure. your uh-huh. system, and actually, the the horsetail grew up right through everything mm-hmm. okay. and became so such a mess that my husband built for me some boxes with a bottom, a plywood bottom. There you go, yeah. And so that's what we're going to put in mm-hmm. that area mm-hmm. and I'll put burlap down to try to just, so I don't have to see the horsetail. Yeah. But I will, I will try lime. Yeah, and, and you might, you know, um, wear the cup in a four by four that's about it works out to about a tablespoon per square foot okay um if you if if it's really growing that strong you may need more than that more or less that's a good maintenance dose what i'm talking about so if you can you might think about getting a a soil test Uh, yeah i'm very bad about that yeah or just you know, just play by the seat of your pants. You know, so, just go ahead and, and start adding lime until you, the problem goes away. So, so the other, uh, well, I've, I have two more questions. But one is in these boxes my husband built mm-hmm. in the past, uh, like in some raised triangular beds that we we did a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. I put topsoil, just just uh, some that my husband had delivered. Mm-hmm. And grass grew up through mm-hmm. the good quality. Yep. I put, you know, grow compost. Uh, 
mm-hmm. soil mix mm-hmm. on the top six to eight inches. Yep. But the grass that I believe originated in that yep. poor quality, well, they called it topsoil, but it, to me it yeah. looks more like gravel. Yep. It, it sent the roots of grass all the way up through the good soil, and yeah. so I'm wrestling with that. So with these new boxes mm-hmm. that my husband built, I'd love your recommendation on what kind of soil I should put. See, they're kind of, t- they're... How deep are they? Two, well, 20 to 24 inches, deep. I would say, high, because they're two 10-inch mm-hmm. boards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, f- for height, so I, I hate to spend as much as it would cost to fill them all with the, you know, the, the soil perf- that I buy. The perfect soil there. Well, I, you know, for the cheapest way to fill those um, is with the uh, germination mix, the bales. You know, that uh, a bale of that is about 25 bucks, and that's about eight cubic feet. And... Uh, Let's see. Those are two feet deep. I missed this. I missed the calculations up last week when the, the lady called from New York, uh, and um, I was thinking sixteen square feet, and she really had thirty-two cubic feet. So I just kind of messed that up. So these are, I believe, they're four feet mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. by two feet mm-hmm. wide, mm-hmm. and you know, twenty inches deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you recommend is baled. Uh, the germination mix, which germination. Ha- which has which is peat moss and vermiculite and even some perlite in there, and that's a good basic mix. But you're going to need uh, an equal amount of compost to mix with that. So oh. you want to mix it, you know, kind of half and half, so that you have compost. And uh, and I recommend honestly, I recommend the the bagged compost, whether it's Kara uh, Hammer's uh, you know manure compost oh. or Mudu. Um, uh, and the reason I like the bag stuff is that um, is that any weed seed in there has already grown out and died, and so that would you know that would stop that problem you had with the the grass, the grass. that was in the uh-huh. and I, and I made that mistake. I bought some compost from a neighbor, and I have never had so many weeds. Oh yeah. my goodness! I you know I said, well, that's the last time I'm doing that. Um, yeah, I get the I get the bag stuff. The Moodoo is great. It's not too expensive, and there's all kinds of good. Bagged manure. Um, if you can't get Carl's stuff, that's no, a real good. No, I had very good experience with grow compost. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they right. Call garden. Right. Yep. Grow garden. Yeah. Which I, I can't actually remember all of what's in it, but yep. I had no problem with weeds. Yep, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because they are. Uh, the, it is another. Uh, you have it's another excellent compost. Yeah, would would no you feel about. okay about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the boxes. Yeah, yeah. But now would you say I should use that exclusively rather than uh, using that topsoil in the bottom? Well, the thing is you will never have a problem with it if you use that exclusively. Right. The other one, it's a, you're rolling the dice, you know, you you may or may not. And I think with your experience from before, I I would go with the other. Sounds reasonable. Now the last uh, leak moth was a problem in my for my onions last year. Oh, yeah. And how much do you know about leak moths? Well, you know, I've read the literature about them, and yeah. and you know, I I actually haven't had an infestation, oh. although I've worried about it because, you know, it seems to be moving through it's, Vermont. Right. Well, I've read that if we plant in a certain Timing, mm-hmm. we can avoid yep. the the life cycle mm-hmm. of the leek moth. But you know, I I can't remember what I read ab- about that. Something about planting early. Mm-hmm. I but I I don't. I guess I can. Well, this is this more. right now would be early. You know, yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. the and onions can tolerate this right this weather. 
Yeah. Well, for well, yeah. Sort of. Two or three weeks ago, I lost a whole crop of onions that we put out, but it, it got twenty degrees. And when you get twenty degrees, right. then That's then you need to, you need some sort of heat in there. And I didn't have any, so I even lost kale. Can you believe that? Wow. Kale is you know so, so hardy. Yeah, tw- twenty degrees d- just was too much. Too much. Yeah. So, um, but. It seems like from this point on, uh, instead of uh, I replace the onion sets with the little onion bulbs, you know, and uh, those are those work out well too. Well, so if I plant soon, say within mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. or so, mm-hmm. um, I might be able to miss the first. Yep. Cycle. Yeah, you might be able to miss the first cycle. Well, and I'll mention the same thing uh, that I mentioned to uh, Nola is that if you have wood ashes, uh, powder yeah. the top of the soil with the wood ashes because that oh. that seems to to really um, really set back any kind of those that type of little uh, critter. Oh. And so try that. Okay. Uh, like I said, I've had real good luck because I've had the, you know, the, the root maggot in my broccoli and, right. and uh, and a few other things, and and that seems to really help. Well, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. <laughs> good to hear you. <laughs> Take care. Let me know how it goes. I will. You have any problems with those beds? Give me a holler. Thank Are you. Are you going to put a trellis up on that? Um. Well, I I put a bunch of of sticks mm-hmm. on the end of of one box mm-hmm. and planted peas. Oh yeah. Um, cool. uh, but I I mean I I was listening carefully to your trellis <laughs> recommendations. Yeah. And uh, it does sound like a really good system. I I should. Yeah. I should put it to use. Well, that's that's just one, you know, it's one that I happen to like, but you know, there's all kinds of ways to do trellises. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll see what my husband will be willing to yeah. help me with. Well, people like the pea brush, you know, you just take sticks and right. and sort of, you know, stack them up close and it makes sort of a wattle fence, you Yeah, know. that's yeah. sort of what I yeah. what I have done and sure, what yeah. I did this year, but yep. we'll we'll see. Maybe it'll get a little <laughs> fancier. Thanks so much. Carol, it's a pleasure. Anytime okay. you call. Be well. All right, bye-bye. take care. Yeah, bye bye. There's so much to do in the garden right now. I'm going to go home and see what I can uh, see what I can get to because right now there's a lot of snow on there. But I have some beds to turn and to fill, and um, we are th- actually thinking about planting our potatoes tomorrow. When the so if you have some early potatoes, it's a good time to plant them. And uh, I'd love to hear what you guys are planting out there. Give me a call. Okay, and we will see you next week in the garden. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm. Locally grown just for you on Main Street in Colchester. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. Guys, Farm and Yard Stores, four of them in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans for curbside pickup. PR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need on Route 15 in Walkett. The Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Do join us again next Saturday at 1230 for In the Garden with Peter Burke.